This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. When the United Arab Emirates became a nation in the early 1970s, it had neither a formal education system nor a university to call its own. Today, however, with new private and public universities springing up across the Emirates, the UAE sees a larger role for itself as a promoter of peace and economic development through education, according to Sheikh Nahayan Mubarak Al-Nahayan, the nation's Minister of Higher Education and Scientific Research. In an interview with Knowledge at Wharton, Sheikh Nahayan discusses various UAE education initiatives, the impact of technology in and outside the classroom, and what he would envision to be an ideal education system. Uh, Sheikh Nahan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for uh, coming to see me in my house. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, thank you for your hospitality. Uh, uh, you have taken such a, a vital leadership role in educational initiatives such as the Festival of Thinkers and Education Without Borders. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your philosophy of education and what, how these initiatives contribute to that. Uh, thank you. First, uh, these uh, student gatherings, uh, we call them one as the personal thinkers, the others as Education Without Borders. We also have another what's called uh, Women as Global Leaders. Uh, the reason why I support these initiatives and these gatherings is uh, we're getting smaller and smaller in the world. The world is, is not uh, just we're saying it, it's literally becoming a, a village to the extent that whether disease or environmental crisis or uh, conflicts or financial uh, crisis, get, everybody gets affected. There are no boundaries and no barriers uh, between countries. You cannot uh, isolate yourself from what's going on in the world. And since these students are going to be the leaders of future leaders of this world, uh, it is good to get, to interact. And what makes me during during these conferences is the interaction between these students based on human principles. They don't think of what religion they are, or what background they come, what culture, what country. With, with the the purity of human principle comes uh, into into uh, action where they interact with each other and uh, also relate to each other on uh, issues which concern the whole of the world which is the, whether it's environment we've seen and uh, now we're going through this uh, swine flu which is in a few days spread like fire in, uh, in the forest around the world right. so the the financial uh, crisis in the states, in the state, and in no time it affected everybody else in the world. So when, when nobody is immune from what's going. So these, hopefully, these conferences will contribute to creating this uh, interaction between the future leaders of this world. And we live in an age where we fortunate to have the technology and the, the internet, and to maintain this uh, link and to also make the world smaller. We know what's going on now. If somebody falls from a tree in remote area of China, you know it. If somebody does a, uh, any issue anywhere in the world, you know. So, and I think it's only through education uh, that we can 
eradicate poverty. Yeah. You can uh, eliminate diseases. And if we invest now in education, the world definitely will be much better place for our children and grandchildren. And uh, it, it actually, it costs less. If we wait until the problem arises and we try to solve it, then the problem gets too big. And, uh, and uh, our uh, the cost and uh, will be much higher. If we invest in, in education, third world country in particular, and also where there's lack of education, lack of uh, health care, lack of uh, other public, they will be able to counter themselves, they will be able to protect the environment, they will, they will also we will create new markets. Right. Even everybody will be willing to create a new market where there is uh, the purchasing power and uh, they will sustain the economic development and growth all over the world. So, uh, but we have, the world has to, we have to realize that together we can do many things. And we, we, and we all are affected and we all should be concerned. And I don't think there's, whether an individual institution or country can stand idle and say it's not my problem. It's, uh, it's, and that is why we invest in education here, and that's why we think, I think uh, the, the quality of life, the sustainability of our growth and uh, growth, economical development will solely depend on the human resources in education. Right. How do you view the role of technology in education? I believe you initiated also uh, the fact that uh, mobile technology should be used in education. We had started What's your thinking it. and strategy there? Because I, it's, I think uh, we should break the barriers of you only can study in confined area or you have to study with big computer that you cannot carry or in a lab or... It should be easy, as easy as texting or talking on the phone, the mobile could be anywhere else. And it's amazing, people very much feel friendly with the technology and uh, they, you can use, they can use it easily. Uh, and has, um, the technology has provided us with the first time in the human history that the individual has been empowered. Now, if I have a case, if I have an issue that I want to present to the world, and literally in, in a few hours it'll be all over the world. Yeah. So uh, if I have a good cause, I can I can get to the people. If I have a problem, I can... So my government can't stop me, my students can't stop me, my people can't stop me, I can get through to the people. And that's also we have to empower them. And we can use this technology to enhance the quality of life for people who are less fortunate than us. Uh, because through it they can educate themselves, through it they can uh, interact with the world. Um, I remember we were in a village in, uh, we, in, uh, in Pakistan where we go hunting, we introduced the um, GSM service there, and it has changed their life. Why? Because before the farmers used to uh, cut the crop, wait until the people come from the city to purchase their crop, and uh, they sometimes leave it too long, they need medicine, they have to go all the way to the city. Now with the GSM, collectively they interact with each other. I say, okay, are well, you ready? Is your crop ready? Is my crop ready? Then we call the people from the city to come and take it. Become more efficient, the quality of life became better. Because if they need something from the city, they, collectively they interact with each other and they 
order what they want. Uh, so that has made the life much easier and uh, trading much easier. Than this. So that's what happened to one village. Doesn't matter what happened to many villages. We introduced the technology, and the technology now becoming. Uh, fr- uh, very friendly users, small, you, you don't need to have uh, even electricity. You can, uh, we, in this village I was telling you, they use small gadgets, you wind it and create a bit of energy to, uh, for the recharging, to recharge their phones. Um, so, and also, when they hear all the words or whatever, we have to, we have to invest in human resources because no matter how much money we will have in the, in the near future, we will be lacking on our human resources. Right. You might have the best hospital in the world equipped with the best equipment. You will not have the people to man it. You might build the biggest university, the best university but you don't have the people to, uh, to run it. it got, so we, we have to invest in the human being, no, no matter, and that's our future. And the competitive advantage of any nation now depends on the quality of education. And we also we have to understand we have to create a good education system that, and use it as an investment for the future. That is a small example uh, we ha- I have here in the UAE. We are very close to India, and we, uh, India is very close to us. We've been dealing with India and, uh, and the India for centuries. Uh, we have 1.4 million. Uh, Indians who work here, work in different uh, professional labor, whatever. Uh, to my amazement, not to my amazement, but what uh, the fact is, the whole of India is one point something billion. Right. Kerala, it's maybe twenty twenty five million, I think. Kerala spent third of its budget on education, has no uh, zero electricity. Right. And. That is why the Kerala you find them all over the world. Here, two-thirds of the Indians are Kerala Right. And they're all in the profession. And they remit every day hundreds of millions, literally. Right. Isn't that an investment? Right. You don't, you don't have to maintain it. You don't have to supervise it. You just invest in the human intelligence and the human being the human uh, brain, and they will, uh, they're sustained, they don't need energy to fuel it, they don't need uh, somebody to manage it, and they will just, they're, uh, the human being will, the return on investment is very high. So it is, whether from whatever way you look at it, it is, it is, uh, there's no substitute than an alternative than education if we want to have a better world for the future. Could I ask one last question? In, in trying to create the education system of your dreams, not just in the UAE but in this region, what would you say is the toughest challenge you have faced, a leadership challenge you have faced? How have you overcome it and what have you learned from it? Uh, you do come... At first, you, you had to be working for the, the course itself and for a goal. Yes. Uh, and not to be worried about your own position or your own job. Sure. For that reason, I'll see where are the best practices, and there are many, many which we can learn from, and get the best, regardless of where they come from. Who I bring, I try to bring uh, best people to try and help me. I'm not. Uh, 
claiming I'm uh, genius or I can do it, but maybe my my uh, portions I I can bring the best people, and I'm not looking for uh, person enters fame or I want to handle it as long as I'm contributing to making a better world for my people and for the region of the world, hopefully. So my this is a contribution. This is. Uh, we face difficulties, and uh, I think difficulties and problems makes it more interesting and more exciting. And uh, we we should thrive in these uh, uh, sometime trouble. And uh, since I believe my I know myself that my intentions are good and I have nothing to hide. Uh, as this my professional uh, concern. So uh, I can face these challenges. Sometimes people use religion against you if you try to, they lose their job. And you know, every time you bring a change, the change curve is always go down first before it starts going up. So you have to have the commitment and the, and the assurance and the confidence that you will stick to this change until it starts getting better. Otherwise, I've just been talking to some people, some people say, they tend to say, oh no, we're making a few changes again and I'm sure it's going to create an issue. And something gets to the to the uh, level of distortion, lying, uh, which is. But you have to when you show yourself, you can take these uh, uh, issues. And in the end, you say, if I'm in this position, if I'm this is my responsibility, I should be honest uh, to it and do what I think is right. Hopefully, after the consultation, after studying the issue, if it's, if I wanted. Then I'll, I'll do it. If I'm if I'm not wanted, then I leave. So uh, never afraid of losing my job. I never afraid of. I never wanted to get anything from my job. I just wanted to do what's good. And I hope that uh, countries will invest more in education to make it a better place for everybody. Now, of course, we see in Pakistan. If you read the latest reports, madrasas are springing up mm. because the government cannot provide education. Right. These millions of people who are now in these madrasas who have nothing to teach them except because the, the people in charge of that not, have nothing to offer except uh, rejection uh, to the, what's going on in the world, uh, isolationism, which breeds fundamentalism. But if we want them to spend money and build the schools for them, they will, their parents will rather send school. Uh, and we try to give incentive to these people that to go to school. We will that how we eradicate. But otherwise, just look at how much it costs for to one incident. Which is, I'm not saying uh, belittling the incident is the of 9/11. 9/11 to me is, is has created a new era, like before Christ and after Christ. Yes. And now as you talk before 9/11, after 9/11, and it's. Uh, it's uh, it's human, human disgraceful, and um, uh, of course everybody deplore it. And uh, mm-hmm. but look how much it cost us. Yes. Had we attended to the Afghanistan problem after the Russians have left and didn't leave it in okay. chaos, these people would not have had a uh, base to breathe uh, and uh, and uh, sanctuary to uh, to uh, to to organize themselves. Had we invested, have we, who we helped to evict the Russian, 
have we had but a martial plan like we, they did it for the Germans after the Second World War, we would have not have. Now we continue after all these years, we still are stuck within France. I don't, I don't know how long. I don't think we can win because we have not gone before. After the invasion of Afghanistan, four years there was no opposition to the presence of the Allies. But people start seeing no, no return, no, no uh, advantage of having these people. And poverty starts, so Taliban and their came stronger. So had we invested even then in, in the infrastructure and education, we would not have this. So education, uh, there's no word in the dictionary can emphasize the, the, importance, the importance of education for the individual, families, community, the country, and the world. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.